keep those California Indians down. Hello, everyone. You're listening to American Indian Airwaves. For Marcus Lopez, I'm your host, Larry Smith. Um, our people were removed from Eurostock in approximately um, 1791 when Mission San Juan Bautista was founded. And our people have not been able to return to Eurostock since that time. And an investor group from um, San Diego bought it. And what they want to do is they wanted to do sand and gravel mining of over 400 acres of Eurostock. And that right there would tear down four of the sacred mountains that are there. Today on American Indian Airwaves, protecting Eurostack, we go to Santa Clara County in Northern California in the heart of the Amamansa Nation and speak with a community leader on protecting one of their sacred sites, Eurostack, from a major mining project. All that and more here on American Indian Airwaves. You can hear when the moon shines bright, the lone Today on American Indian Airwaves, we go to the traditional homelands of the Amamansa Nation in Santa Clara County, California, where since 2015, the nation, community members, and allies have been fighting to protect Eurostack, which lies at the heart of the ancestral lands of the Amamansa Nation, which ancestors have lived and held sacred ceremonies at this location in the southern foothills of the Santa Cruz Mountains above the confluence of the Pajaro and San Benito Rivers. Moreover, Eurostack is colonially known as Sargent Ranch and is under threat from the proposed Sargent Quarry that will impact 320 acres of traditional homelands. The plan includes a 14-acre processing plant, three 200-foot open pit quarry sites, a 1.6-mile-long conveyor belt, and a 30-foot-wide access road. An estimated 40 million tons of sand and gravel aggregate would be produced over the life of the mine, primarily for the use in local road building in general construction. Sargent Ranch is owned by an investor group called Debt Acquisition Company of America based out of San Diego, California, and is behind the 320-acre open pit sand and gravel mining operation on the property. Presently, the Santa Clara County supports the project. Our guest for today in this two-part interview is Valentin Lopez from the Amamansa Nation. He is the chairperson of the Amamansa Nation, one of three historic California indigenous nations that are recognized as the Ohlone. He joins us today to discuss the recent action by the Santa Clara County announcing a six-week extension of the public comment period on the draft environmental impact report, which is now extended to November 7th of 2022. Public input is crucial in helping to stop and protect Eurostack. And now part one of this two-part interview on protecting Eurostack. First of all, thank you and um, thank you um, to the listeners today. Again, um, my name is Val Lop- Valentin Lopez and um, I'm the chairman of the Amamutsun Tribal Band. 
Our tribe is comprised of those that were ta- of the descendants of the peoples taken to missions San Juan Batista and Santa Cruz. Our most sacred, the most the sacred site of our ancestors was at Uristock. And, uh, well, and, and it's known today as Sergeant Ranch, and that's about three, four miles south of Gilroy. And, and it is a, not, it, and it's not just a, a, a ceremony site by itself. It, 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 uh, the sacred site is comprised of the greater landscape of Uristock. We had tribal villages there. We had a number of different places where ceremonies, various ceremonies were performed. Um, it was the home of our spiritual leader. And um, it, the, the spirituality uh, extends up into the mountains. And um, our people were removed from Uristock in um, approximately um, 1791 when Mission San Juan Batista was founded. And our people have not been able to return to Uristock since that time. A goal of our tribe has always been for our tribe to return to Uristock so that we can restore the sacredness there, so that we can continue on the path of our ancestors to restore our ceremonies, our prayers, you know, uh, to once again work to bring back our food plants, our medicine plants, our plants for women's care, babies' care, nets, traps, housing, clothing, etc. That's been the goal of our tribe all along. In 2015, um, or 2014, rather, um, Eurostock, which is known today as uh, Sergeant Ranch, as I said, uh, went into bankruptcy. And an investor group from um, San Diego bought it. And what they wanted to do is they wanted to do sand and gravel mining of over 400 acres of Eurostock. And, um, and that right there would tear down four of the sacred mountains that are there. And um, it's just, just desec- totally desecrate our most sacred site, as I said. And um, we are fighting, we've been fighting hard for that. We've been fighting hard since 2015, and we've been told by the county the only thing that will deny this permit is overwhelming public support because the general plan and the county regulations allow this mining permit to, to be approved, and there's nothing really in the regulations that could stop it. And so what we're asking for is for the public to get involved and to recognize how important it is that there's one of the very few remaining sacred sites in the greater Bay Area uh, be, be, um, be protected and conserved and, 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 and to help the Amamutsun Land Trust, or help the Amamutsun Tribe, rather, find a way to return to those lands. We requested, as part of the consultation process with the county, that we have um, under AB 52, we requested that an um, ethnographic study be completed um, for Eurostock. And there was actually a lot of information available for it. A lot of the early anthropologists and, and, and people, uh, uh, and travelers going through there, they actually wrote a lot about Eurostock. And they talked about how, you know, uh, and they talked about the land and the people there and, um, you know, and how central it was to the Amamutsin. Now, that, that ethnographic study it also talked very you know it also talked about how you know you cannot define the cultural resource at Eurostock you cannot define it as you know like say a lot of times the, the people will look at a bedrock mortar and say that bedrock mortar is your cultural resource and anything else outside that bedrock mortar is not the cultural resource well you know our tribe we have a different perspective on that 
what was the bedrock mortar used for? It was used for foods, all the all the potential food plants. In that area are part of the cultural resource. Was it used for ceremony? All the the materials that are used for ceremony are part of that. Was it you know did it was it used for other purposes, and et cetera? So um, Eurostock actually the, the the ethnographic study actually identified Eurostock as being um, a sacred cultural landscape as a whole, and this is the first time a designation like that has ever appeared on a draft environmental impact report. Versus, defi versus defining it very narrowly as the bedrock border. What we need and what we're asking for today is for the public members to go to the website. It's protecteurostock.org. Eurostock is spelled J-U-R-I-S-T-A-C, protecteurostock.org. And go to our website. And take a look at um, and take a look at the website and, and and in the opening page, you'll see, you know, um, you know, it says how protect Amamutsu's sacred site from proposed sand, uh, sand and gravel pit mine, and it talks a lot about how it gives an update on it, and it also tells the public how they can you know submit letters um, to the to the to the board of to to the planning. The, to the um, planning department at Santa Clara, uh, at, at, at Santa Clara County, to help us protect your stock and to stop the um, and 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 to have the mining permit denied by the county. We recently had a rally on the steps of the county building there in San Jose, and uh, over 450 people showed up in support of our tribe. Um, we have a lot of supporters. Over 60 people sponsored that rally, by the way, including the ACLU, many cities and uh, other counties and tribes and, um, and nonprofits and conservation organizations are very involved with us. And many other tribes have stood up to stand with, our, uh, with, um, with the Amamutsin, and we're asking the public to do the same. So if they go to protectyourstock.org, uh, They'll see um, one of the drop-downs on, on, on the menu. One of the drop-downs is protect your stock. And that will direct you to how to get your, um, you know, how to submit letters, et cetera. Which, you know, and, and um, we don't want, you know, we, you know, we don't have a template. Well, we, we have a, 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 um, a template letter, but it doesn't give a lot of details because what happens is whenever you submit a template letter for a case like this, what happens is that um, the county just starts, uh, you know, not paying attention to that. A protect your stock um, um, has been, you know, is shaping up. You know, there's a, a, a an article in the San Jose paper uh, that says that it's shaping up to be uh, Silicon Valley Standing Rock. It is, you know, that it's a it, it, it's a growing campaign. There's a lot of interest in this. Uh, we received letters, you know. From um, out, outside of the state of California and, and from another of other countries as well. So uh, that's basically the campaign, Marco. So we ask the members to please um, 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 support us. We have a, 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 a. You can follow us on Facebook. Our Facebook link is there. We have an Instagram account. You can follow the Instagram account there, and uh, we have the website. So that that's basically it, Marcos.
Val, uh, in talking about uh, the need to protect uh, Eurostack, I was wondering um, for our listeners, uh, help us uh, better understand uh, what sur- is surrounding uh, Eurostack and, and why it makes this struggle to protect it ever so more important. And I'm thinking of, for example, like the existing A.R. Wilson query aggregate pro- uh, processing plant just to the south. And um, so I was wondering maybe you could give our listeners a, a sense of what what's around there in trying to protect uh, this active, cultural, uh, sacred place. You know, the property developers are saying that there is an absolute need for sand. Mm-hmm. Um, the sand um, and, and gravel that will be mined from here um, by the way, they'll be taking, um, they'll be removing sand from Eurostock, um, you know, seven days a week, 24 hours a day for over 30 years, well, for approximately 30 years. And uh, they'll be using 80, um, 70, 78,000 gallons of water a day to wash the sand. So there's a lot of environmental concerns there. But the, owner, the, the, the developers are saying that we need sand, that there's a shortage of sand coming, and the construction industry and the growth industry are going to be in great, um, you know, in great peril if the sand here isn't approved. Uh, but that right there is not a true claim by the developers. There's over there's four um, mines within 50 miles of Eurostock. The other thing is is that the quality of sand here. The developers are claiming it to be a certain quality that's very important and needed for cement. However, there are other reports that say that it is very poor quality and not appropriate or adequate to be used in the, in, in the, the construction uh, for the cement that they're claiming. And they also say that this right here um, is good for the environment because they'll be trucking it from Gilroy up to San Jose or just a little north of San Jose, approximately 30 to 40 miles one way. And they say what happens now is that a lot of the sand is brought down from Canada on barges. Wow. But believe it or not, those barges are very efficient. And they it's, and it's been shown that they can be, be um, transported more easily on, on those barges and cheaper than it can be by truck. When, when you look at those big trucks, there's issues of, 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 of tearing up the roads. Um, there'll, there'll be close to 100 uh, truckloads of sand a day um, up and down um, the, the freeways there. Uh, that right there will tear up the roads. It'll add pollution to the to the air. And we want to remind listeners, you're listening to American Indian Airwaves. We're speaking with Valentin Lopez, chairperson of the Amamunsa Nation, based in Santa Clara County in Northern California. We're speaking on protecting Eurostack from a major, massive mining project. And now back to the interview. Um, you know, the other thing about the mining operation is that it'll put a lot of dust into the air and it'll really affect the dust, the air quality there. And it's going to impact an important wildlife corridor. So there's a lot of concerns here with that mine. And um, the city of Gilroy, which is the closest community uh, to the mine, um, has voted to oppose the mine and ask the supervisor not to approve it um, for the environmental for the environmental factors and also for the, uh, the, the cultural factors that are important to the Amamutsun tribe. And many other cities and cities have 
voted to um, uh, to to not approve the mine um, for many, many of the same reasons. Val, you you touched on uh, migratory patterns, and that was going to be my follow up question. So often, um, you, you know, we talk about you know the land and and how uh, we're related to the land and. And oftentimes, uh, those uh, those other relations that are that culturally sustain the people. And you mentioned that the Sar the Sarge Quarry, if it was um, uh, approved, it would disrupt migratory patterns. And I certainly haven't looked at all 600 plus pages of the environmental impact report. But I was wondering if you maybe speak to the other relations, the non-human relations that will be impacted at this quarry project. The Sargent Quarry Project is approved, and um, and then also speak about you know uh, what most Americans understand is this generations uh, of the climate crisis and how that would actually contribute to that problem of the climate crisis and how it affects everyone. Mm-hmm. I mentioned that one of the important um, objections to the mine from our tribe and from many of the conservation organizations, if not all of the conservation organizations, is that the wild, this is an extremely important wildlife corridor. It is the corridor that takes you from the Santa Cruz Mountains to the, to the south, and right after Eurostock, you're uh, just basically across the street there, um, is the beginning of the Gabalon Range. And the Gabalon Range is another um, uh, uh, range of mountains along the coast uh, that goes down um, quite a distance. It goes to, uh, beyond, beyond Monterey, for example. And uh, this wildlife corridor would be interrupted. I mean, whenever you have the loud, you know, they're going to have a conveyor belt that's a mile and a half long. They're going to have, you know, they're going to have a, 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 a lot of, uh, there'll be a lot of noise there with them working 24-7. Um, you know, so you're going to have a lot of noise pollution, a lot of light pollution at night that throws off, um, the, you know, that, that, that is bad for wildlife. Um, and, and, the, and, and, and just that conveyor belt alone going a mile and a half will be interfering with, with one of the important uh, by, uh, bypasses um, of the um, wildlife corridor that, that goes underneath um, one of the, uh, a, a bridge that takes, that allows migration from east to west. Mm. Um, at Eurostock and such. So there'll be a tremendous disruption of the migration pattern. And they're having trouble with that now. Um, for example, there's efforts to bring elk into the, into the Santa Cruz Mountains, but if the mining permit is uh, completed, it would be uh, almost impossible to bring elk in uh, into the Santa Cruz Mountains. The other thing is right now there's so much inbreeding with the mountain lions that um, they, they, they need to, you know, to establish better wildlife corridors so the mountain lions can breed um, uh, you know, with mountain lions outside of the Santa Cruz Mountains. Um, that's right there is a, is a real problem that a lot of the, the scientists in, in our tribal communities are, are involved in. At, at, at Eurostock, there's um, sensitive species there. There's badgers. There's a red-legged frog. Um, there's um, a species of, of, of salamander that's there, uh, burrowing owls, and a number of other very sensitive species there. And then when you look at, look at the environmental factors in just 
you know, eight, ten years ago, the Pajaro River was recognized as the most polluted river uh-huh. in the United States, in America. Uh-huh. And a huge part of that right there was mining. Mm. And there's been a lot of effort to to clean up the river and to repair the river. And those are, and those efforts are continuing. But to put another mine right on right right right, right at the Paro River's edge and to disrupt the the the, the flow of, of of rivers and creeks and streams that that, uh, that are right there and to add all the chemicals that are needed to to cleanse and wash the sand and to just take that much sand out of the um, out of the groundwater and stuff like that, um, that's going to have a, a devastating impact on on the quality of water um, flowing out to the ocean from there, and also to the quality of water that's that's um, that's used there, um, uh, you know, by by for other purposes for housing, um, um, uh, ranching, farming, etc. There is a number of springs that are really important for migrating animals. They 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 rely on those springs during the dry season, and and by pumping that much water out, it will dry up those springs, and that's another uh, serious impact on wildlife migrating, is uh, the you know the drying up of those springs and and, and not having adequate water um, for wildlife as they migrate. So th- those are concerns, and um, and then with climate change, um, you know they're saying that we're going to have fewer storms, but the storms that we have are going to be more severe and um, more damaging. And uh, that's, a, that's a concern here, too. So, you know, what impact is, 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 is that going to have on, on the amount of water that's here? During, you know, we have a number of years of drought now, and water is a great concern, but using, you know, you know 78,000 or 88,000 gallons of water a day to wash the sand, and they say the sand is a really poor quality. is going to need even more washing. So we don't believe that that 78,000 gallons a day is is, is uh, reasonable or, or realistic. We think it's going to be a lot more water that's going to be needed wow. um, to wash the sand. And as I said, they put a lot of chemicals in the water to, when they're washing the sand. So uh, those are big environmental um, problems and issues as well. There's a lot of uh, There's a lot of problems with this. A proposal here, and uh, you know the county—they will make a lot of money by approving this, and they say they need the money for housing, they need the money for police, and they need the money for a lot of other county services that they provide. And so there's a lot of pressure on the county to prove this mine. You know what I want to say finally is that the majority, the vast, vast majority of the cultural and sacred sites that existed at Eurostock, or excuse me that are existed in the greater Bay Area now have all been developed and paved over. Um, um, you know, the remains of our ancestors have been dug up or paved over. And um, there's very few cultural sacred sites that are there. And Eurostock, and Eurostock at the time that was purchased was 6,400 acres. Mm. Uh, the developers have sold two of the parcels, and they have other parcels for sale now. So what we're hoping to do is to stop this and keep your stock as complete as possible. But you know, it's important. You know, you know, we want to be able to to keep a, the sacred site here um, whole and complete. 
and pristine as it is now, you know, but to go in there and just to destroy it for sand and gravel, and, and that destruction will be forever. That cultural site and sacred site will be gone forever. Our tribal vision is to some way, working with other organizations, other tribes, working with the conservation organizations, and uh, finding, um, you know, funders and grants that could help the tribe acquire Eurostock so that we can use that to, to develop a tribal park there and use it to teach the true history of tribal people, to, to, to be able to restore our food plants, our medicine plants, our, our plants for basketry, and our plants for all the other purposes that those plants were important, to be able to protect and restore and take care of the waterways there, to be able to, 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 to develop environments that are healthy for wildlife, you know, just the way that our diets, that the native diet is really negatively impacted today by the, the colonized uh, diet that we have, um, the wildlife, you know, their their diet has been, uh, you know, violently interrupted too. There's 96% of all landscapes are non-native. They are invasive plants, and those and and the and the, and the rabbits, the deer, the wildlife, all wildlife. They're forced to eat and, and survive on um, a non-native plant. Mm -hmm. That greatly impacts their diet and their health. What we want to do is we want to restore our native plants so we can help restore the health um, for, for, for wildlife as well. And that was part one of our two-part interview with Valentin Lopez, uh, chairperson of the Amamantan Nation in Northern California on protecting uh, Eurosac, a sacred site to several indigenous peoples throughout the uh, Santa Cruz uh, Bay Area region. And if you like the kind of work that we do here on American Indian Airwaves and the diversified voices and perspectives that all volunteer programmers uh, bring, uh, here on KPFK, we ask that you support the station. Uh, we are in fun drive mode and there's different ways that you can support KPFK. Uh, one of the easiest ways is just simply visiting the kpfk.org website, clicking on the pledge widget, and choosing a thank you item for a dollar uh, denomination that's listed on the website. For example, uh, there are some great premiums that are available. You can pick up the Ella Fitzgerald uh, CD um, for $65. It's Ella at the Hollywood Bowl, the Irving Berlin, uh, Berlin uh, Songbook CD. It's a $65 thank you item for supporting the station. And a great uh, uh, book that's a uh, just came out. It's Gerald Horn's uh, brand new book. Yeah, Larry, the new book we have for a hundred dollar exquisite the counter revolution of 1836, Texas slavery and the Jim Crow and the roots of U.S. fascism. Larry, extraordinary important book. In fact, I just from a conference and I was talking to some Apache people down there. And, uh, and this history of the of the Texas, the South, the New Anglo America or United States of America, this uh, relationship with Mexico, it's about. And I think what I like about Gerald Horn's book, Larry, it's about it. It connects all the dots, if you will, and that's kind of like 
simplifying it. And I'll give you an example. Like in Texas, with, uh, as, as Virginia, to want Texas as a slave market to which they can send their surplus population for sale, meaning Afro-American slaves, African slaves. Eventually, check this out, this would mean more of the enslaved arrival from Cuba, especially since these workers could cost as little as $300 in Cuba on the island and as much as $1,000 in taxes. So they treated literally, Larry, like cattle slavery. And I think it's one of the important things which I haven't read, Larry, in recent times, a book that connects the American ex uh, expansion of imperialism, the, the colonies and expansion west and in the Ohio Valley, and then the slaveocracy, the slave pants plantations and slavery and Texas as a, a formula in which backed up this fascistic and it goes along with the 1836 rebellion and the Mexico and ties Mexico, Central America, even South America, even Paris and London manipulating their way internationally is trying to and invade Mexico, influence Mexico, influence the Confederacy prior to the Civil War. All this, Larry, connecting the elimination of Native people, the genocide of Native people, the secondly, the expropriation of the land, and thirdly is the, the usage of slaves, Native slaves and African slaves. And that little quote I said from, you know, from the rate of return for $300 from Cuba, to, you know, as much as $1,000 in Texas. And the history a little bit of Texas and the elimination of many of the Texas indigenous people are, and you don't hear that in history. So your call here on KPFK, can not only are we talking about the, the a pledge, but KPFK is truly in a financial emergency. You listeners need to need to understand that. So help help us keep KPFK on the air. Help us keep American Indian Airways on the air, and let's move from KPFK forward rather than wallowing in our debt. Now KPFK is a station just like any other working class members and families within the Southern California, within both the United States and the world, as that you know financial crisis, you know, and and. Uh, and so we want individuals, obviously, we, if we, we would like them to go to the website, kpk.org, and also over the Internet, right, Larry, that we have some, uh, they can go on the Internet and uh, not only listen to the programs, but anyway, look at that and look at the website and go. Now, you were talking about this book, Larry, The Counter-Revolution of 1836, a phenomenal book, all Native people. I would encourage them to look at this book, read it, and understand Texas and the relationship with Oklahoma and the Indian Territory, which is more than Oklahoma State, this vastness of it, dynamics within all the tribal groupings within that area, Native groupings within that area, and the Southwest, per se, and how that is manifested 
in the reactionary elements, KKK, the Knights, and all these different things, entities, and you're in order to give this white supremacy, white shamanism of, of many of the groupies within the South and within immigrants about the aspect of looking at these people of color as, as uh, a, a source of ideological attack on them, which is the, the bedding, Larry, the, 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 the foundation of fascistic um, attributes, and not only of the South, but throughout the United States as it moved throughout the West. Larry. Yeah, Marcus, we want to remind listeners that there's several different ways you can pick up the counter-revolution of 1836, uh, Texas slavery and Jim Crow, and the roots of U.S. fascism. It's by Dr. Gerald Horn. It's a brand new book. It's a $100 thank you item for supporting us here at KPFK. There's several ways you can pick up the book. One, you can call 818-985-5735, 818-985-KPFK, or you can visit the kpfk.org website, click on the pledge widget, scroll down and select Gerald Horn's new book, The Counter-Revolution of 1836. It's a powerful uh, read, uh, as Marcus was just saying, and chronicling the rise of fascism through what we know today as Texas and the northeastern portion of Mexico. And uh, it's a phenomenal read. There is, um, it chronicles, right, the abolition of slavery in Mexico and ties that into the historical revolution in Haiti and, um, and the rise of state power and the ongoing dispossession and land grabs of the Comanches, the Caddo, the Kiowa, and other surrounding indigenous nations uh, during this historical point in indigenous and U.S. histories. It's a powerful read. Uh, for those of you unfamiliar with Dr. Gerald Hone's work, he's just a, f- a phenomenal scholar and um, in excavating, if you will, and bringing forward the untold truths of history. And the book, again, a $100 premium item or a $100 thank you item is titled The Counter-Revolution of 1836, Texas Slavery in Jim Crow and the Roots of U.S. Fascism. You can call 818-985-5735 or 818-985-KPFK or visit the kpfk.org website and support us here on American Indian Airwaves and the volunteer programmers uh, here at KPFK in bringing the diversified programming and voices uh, that each of us bring on an hour-to-hour basis and a day-to-day basis throughout the entire year. And so uh, with that, we want to play the second part of our two-part interview with uh, Valentin Lopez, who's the chairperson of the Alma Munson uh, Nation in uh, Northern California on protecting Eurasac. Here is part two of our two-part interview. That is tremendous group of um, discussions, Val, on we're speaking with Valentin Lopez, chairman of the Amun Tribal Band, concerning the this topic of to protect Eurasac uh, which is sacred to the Munson sacred grounds historically. And we're speaking about this massive uh, 
environmental impact report that uh, a response to the mining permit by a San Diego-based debt acquisition company of America, and they're doing business as a Sergeant Ranch Partners LLC. But within this environmental impact report, there's it's a it's a it's a massive report and 14 primary uh, topics: biological resources, air quality, which you mentioned, transportation, but cultural resources. Mr. Lopez, why don't you comment on what was their comment on cultural resources on this area of Jurostack uh, area? What was declared? Was anything declared? Please share that with us, your, your analysis of that cultural resources. I'm glad you asked that question, Marcos. Thank you. It's an, you know um, what I didn't say and, and is very important. So um, is that the draft environmental impact report said that there are eight different um, areas of, of impact to cultural resources that are um, significant and unavoidable. And when you take a look at the California Environmental Impact Report definitions and stuff like that. That's the highest degree of, of importance and significance you can have, significance and unavoidable. What that means is that any damage, any, 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 if the county were to approve any part of the project, that it would have um, significant and unavoidable consequences. And the county, and, and that's for eight different parts of it, the, the cultural resources um, uh, and, and, very, and, and, and several known sites of significance there, um, et cetera. So, you know, I mean, if they were to approve any, just any piece of, of, of the mining permit, it, it, you know, it would be devastating to our tribe. And um, yet the county, we got a lot of pressure from the county when they were developing that environmental impact report that they wanted us to develop mitigation measures. Well, how can we mitigate this? I mean, you know, I mean, and you know, I mean, think of it. I mean, how, how do you mitigate for a sacred site? You know, they wanted us to compromise. They wanted us to come to make a deal. They wanted us to um, to sacrifice parts of our cultural landscape in an effort to make this deal happen so that they could approve the mine. But how can we approve our sacredness? How can we, uh, how can we approve the destruction of our sacredness? I mean, can you imagine if somebody went to the Vatican or went to Mecca or went to the, the, the Mormon tabernacle there in Salt Lake City and said, well, we want to... Uh, we want to do mining on 20% of, of, uh, of any one of the, you know, of, of Mecca or the Vatican or the, or, or the Mormon Tabernacle. We want to do 20% mining here, but don't worry about it. You can keep the, la the, the other 80% we won't touch, so you'll be okay. I mean, are they going to accept that? That's another thing that's here, Marcos. Why, they, if we were Catholics, 
if we were Buddhist, if we were Jewish, if we were any other religion, they would not even consider approving this mine. But because we're unrecognized, a federally unrecognized tribe, and because we're Native Ameri a Native American tribe, you know, they, they have no qualms, no problem destroying a cultural, a cultural sacred site of ours. They have no problem asking us to compromise and, 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 and to give up, you know, X percent of our sacred sites as a way to mitigate and, and, and come to an agreement on this. We are not going to sacrifice our cultural sites. We are not going to sacrifice our, 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 our sacred sites or, or, um, or sacrifice or compromise on those sites. We are not going to do it. We are fighting hard, and that's why we need the public to stand with us and say that the, the Native American spirituality must be considered on the same basis as any other world religion. And this site must be protected for that same reason. And the county must recognize that the 15,000-year history or more that the Amamutsin have on these lands and must not allow all of it to be destroyed. And, 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 and erased from history, like so many, so much of our history has been attempted to be erased. We, it, you know, we are standing up and we're fighting hard, and we have a lot of people standing with us. And this is what we're asking your listeners today to recognize how important this site is, not only for our tribe, but for many other tribes as well, so that we can, you know, so that we can set a precedent here. And then get get people to recognize the importance of spiritual and cultural, um, you know, traditional landscapes of Native Americans as needing to protect the full landscape, not just the known artifacts that are there. They need to protect the full landscape, and so that's kind of um, um, what we're looking at here, Marcus. And uh, we ask, you know, once again, we'll ask your listeners to please stand with us and go to protecturestock.org. Thank you, Val. You uh, mentioned about this massive 600 page, pages environment intact review that the Santa Clara County has put forth and the date, they extend the date to November the 7th. Is that correct, Val? Yes, the date was extended to November the 7th. So people and, um, have the opportunity to go to their website, and the web, website is, uh, once again, the protectjurastech.org, and they can go and look at that website, and it mentions many, many things on that. Uh, the things that you underscored, Val, I thought was really important, primary when many of the community nationally, internationally, or locally talk about social justice issues, that this is one of the things that a lot of people within those sectors of our community with Afro-American, Chicano population, other Native American tribes, uh, the Asian American community, and whatnot, that part of the social justice issues is assisting and persuading the rest of the government and government agencies and these reports that they are 
mandatory in order to see what the impact is, just like what you articulated, Mr. Lopez, that this particular issue is a social justice issue, much like all the other social justice issues. And the main reason is that spirituality of your Moonsun, Amin Moonsun tribal band, as well as many of the indigenous first peoples within North America, that is our, how would you say it, our reason that we exist in order not only that we interact with these sacred areas and sites and regions, but that is mandatory if we are a people in order to defend, and that's part of our essence. It's like, how can you defend your body if somebody is hacking away in your body? And we want to remind listeners, you're listening to American Indian Airwaves. We're speaking with Valentin Lopez, chairperson of the Amamunsa Nation, based in Santa Clara County in Northern California. We're speaking on protecting Eurostack from a major, massive mining project. And now, back to the interview. And uh, what you illustrated, Mr. Lopez, this is not only the different points of the EIR, but your tribe, your band, First People of California, and asking for the American public to look at it, listen to you, listen to your words, realize that this is a social justice issue, an issue of our religious rights, an issue of our tribal rights, an issue of especially what the governor says. This is goes beyond the apology, but more so the restitution of our land and our resources so-called. And the main thing is, not only for their human life, what Larry suggested, but yet this area, what you're requesting, is much more than that. We wanted to talk with you about this. It's so important because a lot of non-Native people don't realize this is very, very important to us. Any last comments, Mr. Lopez? Well, you know, you are talking about Thank you, thank you, Marcus, for, for, for your words there. You know, my last comment is that this is a human rights issue also. Uh, the county of Santa Clara has a human rights commission um, under the, um, within the county. And we went to the human rights commission and we asked them to recognize um, the issue that's happening at Eurostock as a human rights issue. And the, and, the, and, the, and the Human Rights Commission voted unanimously to recognize Eurostock as an important human rights issue that the county must take, 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 um, take note of. And they wrote a letter to the Board of Supervisors asking them to recognize it as a human rights issue and to deny the permit. And yet we still have great fear that the county is going to um, may, may very well approve this mining permit, and um, you know, and, 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 and it, you know, it's a social justice issue, like you said, a religious issue, a human rights issue, and et cetera. Uh, the United Nations recognize, and one of the definitions within the United Nations of genocide is the destruction of peoples. Um, 
culture and spirituality. Well, our position is that if they, if the county knowingly and intentionally um, allows the destruction of Eurostock, they will knowingly and intentionally be approving um, the geno- you know, genocide against the Amamutsin. And we, you know, we talk about, you know, we talk about this, and um, we're just, you know, we don't know where the where the county stands on 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 this because, you know, as politicians, are you know, they're not supposed to tilt their hand, so to speak, but we certainly hope that they're listening um, to uh, the words that are being said and to the comments that are being submitted, and. Um, you know, and, and, and you know, and, and that we can provide that overwhelming public support that is so needed for Eurostock to be denied, the 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 the, the mining permit to be denied. And that concludes part two of our two-part interview here on American Indian Airwaves. We were speaking with Valentin Lopez from the Amamansa Nation. He's chairperson of the Amamansa Nation, one of three historic California indigenous nations that are recognized as Ohlone. He was speaking on protecting Eurostock. For more information on how you, the listeners, can help protect this sacred site, you can visit the website www.protecteurostock.org. That's P-R-O-T-E-C-T-J-U-R-I-S-T-A-C.org. Larry, this fundraiser is this fall fund drive is really important. Not only for people to listen to American Indian Airways, but the existence of a station that is broadcasting many programs talk about the the healthcare the unemployment employment situation finance capital dynamics of social racism and we talk about fascism larry but the 21st century fascism like the 21st century predecessor is violently toxic mix of reaction reactionary nationalism and racism and the reason to me larry we bring this up is because this racism this nationalism, this mix of reactional blaming other people, especially people of color, for the reason of the crisis, and not look at the system, not look at the history, what ev- what evolved through the centuries of this country called United States of America, but yet the reasons why these crises is been blaming many politicians on each other, rather than looking and give the people some information. Our programming here in America, you know, is is trying to articulate the native people, the first people's struggle, and look at it from a not in, from a logical kind of like A, B, C, and therefore you know things happen. But yet the full circle of our history, and the full circle and say that these things happen for a reason. Reactionary, the the growth of fascistic organizations, and this is important to understand it in order to defend our homeland, number one. Secondly, in order to get clarity, especially the struggles, whether it be Oak Flats, whether it be Standing Rock, whether it be down in Mapuches or down in Zabatistas, those type of things, especially where the government, the nation states operate, in order to give a bit of understanding the ebb and flow of not only politics, economics, but social factors within that, Larry. 
Uh, thank you, Marcus. And we want to remind listeners that Gerald Horn's brand new book is titled The Counter-Revolution of 1836, Texas Slavery and Jim Crow and the Roots of U.S. Fascism. It's a $100 thank you item. It's a brand new book and chronicles the rise of U.S. fascism and this point in U.S. and just in history in general, focusing on the regions that we know of as Texas and northern parts of Mexico. And he thoroughly chronicles the rise of fascism that is concurrent with right combating the institution of slavery and the rise of the abolition movement along with the dispossession or land grabs of indigenous peoples throughout the region including the Comanches the Caddo the Kiowas to name just a few it's a $100 thank you item you can pick it up by visiting the kpfk.org website clicking on the pledge widget scrolling down and selecting the book for a $100 do- donation you can call 818-985-5735 or 818-985-KPFK choose the book there and if the book uh, is not of interest to you there are other premium items to choose from off the kpfk.org website from as little as $50 for a kpfk t-shirt to the Ella Fitzgerald CD we mentioned earlier for $65 or kpfk mug for $50 or again just pick up Gerald Horn's brand new book um, that we just mentioned right the counter-revolution of 1836 Texas slavery and Jim Crow and the roots of U.S. fascism. Support us here at American Indian Airwaves. Support other programmers on KPFK. We are all volunteer programmers that work tirelessly hard to bring you a wide range of issues from uh, social justice and human rights perspectives. And so if you appreciate us and you appreciate the work and the contribution that KPFK makes to the communities out there in uh, the KPFK listener world, whether it be on uh, FM ninety point seven or streaming on a plat on a, streaming on a po- podcasting platform, uh, pick up the phone or visit the KPFK.org website and select a premium item for a dollar denomination and make your donation count. In keeping KPFK alive and helping KPFK grow for future generations. The moment of silence is over. And that concludes our show for today here on American Indian Airwaves. A special thank you to our guest, Valentin Lopez, who's chairperson of the Amamansa Nation. He was speaking on protecting Eurostock. And for more information on how you can help stop the desecration of the sacred site, you can visit the website, www.protecteurostock.org. That's P R O T E C T J U R I S T A C. Org. A special thank you to Valentin Lopez. A special thank you to our musical guest, Aragon Star, Koopa Aina, and the band Blackfire. American Indian Airwaves is mixed and mastered in the studios of Burnt Swamp Studio in Signal Hill, California. For Marcus Lopez, I've been your host for the hour, Larry Smith. Until next time. Nor the hands that hold the chains. 
lies and the empty promises We take a stand on the land that you tried to bury us For all the pain and all the suffering We take a stand We take a stand We sleep caged against our fears Try not to become what we've endured Wearing our souls on the thread The moment of silence is over Tears to wound your name No compromise